0: three two one and uh we're live hey everyone welcome back to let's take this online We meet digital who's um early morning podcast which is always fun for me uh we have someone today that actually i met in my agency days and i think we briefly and then we connected recently and she did something i promise you everyone from the media world thinks about every day probably sitting at your desk working on those media plans like man i want to quit and do my own thing. <laughs> so we have Lena Kavlani in the house.
1: Hello everyone, I'm Lina Kevlani. Uh,
0: Kevlani, sorry. We saw with W, though, right?
1: Yeah, but it's pronounced like a V. I don't know. Okay, there Family you go. Family thing. There you go, I'm
0: learning. Kevlani, <laughs> my bad. Um, so thanks for coming.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Um, I want to get into what you're doing now, but in a little bit. I okay. kind of like to do a little backtrack. Sure. Because I find it really interesting about how people got to where they are. Sure, and I like to study. I like to start. Sorry, what you study at university? It's become my trend now. I like to know what everyone study at university.
1: Okay, so I'm going to go a little back backward from there. Okay, go for um, it. I was actually a science major in school. Okay, so you um, science completely loved Any bio. Specific, okay, biology, Biophysics, mm-hmm. chemistry. Okay, um, full on, the, full on, full on science, and then the only thing that made sense to me was math. Funnily enough, okay, I, I don't get that one. Um, and then, you know, long story short, my dad's like, oh, no, doctor takes too long to do da da da.
0: Wow. Yeah. So that's, I decided to go to. It's um, probably the first time I heard a dad say that.
1: Yeah. I think my dad was very attached to me. So he's trying to find ways to keep <laughs> me here. Um, and then I kind of switched in A-levels and I became computers and math. Okay. Um, And I just threw in business for the sake of it. It never made sense to me, to be honest. Okay. Um, And then... Business AU- never made sense? No. I think the only thing in business that made sense was marketing. I mean, mm. economics was way above my head. I just didn't get it. But I didn't have economics, so that was fine. Okay. And then AUD opened up and there was his inroad of keeping me here. Okay. So a lot of... Uh, so you were born and raised Dubai. No, I'm actually born in Sierra Leone, West Africa.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm a
1: Sierra Leonean kid. I've never um, lived in India, but I'm from an Indian origin. Okay. And uh, we moved here when I was 10, 11. Okay. And then uh, been here all my careers, grew up in Cambridge High School, went to AUD. I was their first valedictorian. Okay, so what do you study in AUD? (laughs) That's where I think I went into marketing and advertising. And I met Mm -hmm. Lance De The famous okay. Lance demasi okay. And uh, yeah. he used to basically be really, like he was known for his ideas. He was known in the BBDO world, in the advertising mm-hmm. world for his outspokenness. And I think something somewhere grabbed me. And I said, okay, that part of my creativity gets channeled. Mm-hmm. You know, the boring business management, accounting, economics was like, ah, this is too boring for my brain. Mm-hmm. But then marketing and advertising kicked in. And then from there, I got picked up. Um, By funnily enough, who's now the Group, uh, group M CEO, Ravi Rao, okay. to be yeah, his no. intern at BBDO Media way back.
0: Oh, interesting. And what year was this?
1: This was 1998,
0: 1997. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, way before a, even digital came in. Yeah, way, eight.
1: way before. And uh, from there, I got my internship in 98 in uh, BBDO Media mm-hmm. with Philip Bogler and Haruth Krikorian. And Ravi was still there. And uh, pretty much that's how I landed up in media is because nobody wanted to do the math of media. (laughs) And you know those projects? I got stuck doing media plans and and (sighs) research because nobody wanted to do it.
0: Yeah, no one likes doing media plans. So
1: these IAA projects, I was like, oh, you're the media girl. And I think that's how I landed (laughs) up in media without even realizing it. Okay. And then I was a media buyer.
0: Okay. Okay. Oh, you went to media buying. How do you find media buying?
1: Uh, It was math. So okay. it was easy, like it was something that made sense. Um, it's like but cool.
0: We'll, we'll buy. We'll sign on this much outdoor for the year. It costs this much.
1: Negotiate the rates down. The Indian and in me. The Indian in loves rates. the negotiate. So then that was good. The, mar-
0: the agency markup, and then the sell to exactly. Okay, so fine.
1: everything made sense. It was very logical, um, but there was still that creativity part in me because I was deep down still an artist, and um, I would come up with these creative media buys. So the first okay. wraps, the belly wraps, and the flips. Okay. We, we did them for Wella way back in those days. Oh,
0: you guys were the first. We
1: were one of the first ones. Yeah. Oh. Um. There's a guy called Nick England. I still remember. Yeah. And we did that. Um. It was it was incredible to do those. So then I realized I had something I was running around with, and then they yeah. encouraged me.
0: I'm sure at those times, because now when we look back at it, we're like, oh, d- I know it was years ago, right? This the gu- no one would ever do that but i'm sure at the time those must have been like mind-blowing
1: it was because you know just so the, the fact sitting with the printer and making sure that they cut the orange correctly because it was an orange shampoo you know you know it was it was just a different beast <laughs> to do those envelopes where your newspaper used to come into designing them with the designer was a different beast and i was a media kid but then they kind of encouraged it because so, they saw that I, I was into it
0: i can't even imagine how much it been like that first time you did it and he showed it to a client. I'm sure the client just lost it.
1: Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> loved it. He loved it. And it was. I think I was very blessed because my bosses. I've always had good mentors supporting You're
0: me. You're lucky. You're lucky. Yeah, very I've, rare.
1: I have always had very from rare. Ravi to Haru's to Philip, um, and then I moved to Reflection Advertising, I where I worked in Record Bankiza. Oh, you did the RB account. Yeah, I worked the
0: RB account in U.M.
1: Exactly. Yeah. but I worked on it when they won it like years ago in year 2000 and we were the first ones to invest in who wants to be a millionaire the arabic version so funny. and you know you're seeing the ratings and you're like (laughs) that 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 rating doesn't make sense 50 rating points what are you talking about you know it was really cool i think i think my media planning background kicked in there Mm, this you know this german lady question would
0: you have to input the media plan into a system
1: Yes. Like Dolphin
0: that. or there was Economy when that I got came,
1: That came in much later. That okay, came fine. in for me at, in Starcom days.
0: Okay, fine. So where do you guys would like... I did you...
1: Excel sheet media planning and easy. park. You know, park, you would no, run... Park. So um, what would happen is the, the software would, would monitor the ratings mm-hmm. of the programs. And these were hourly ratings at that time. And then 15-minute... Hourly ratings. Hourly. And then it became 15-minute ratings. So you would average the rating of the program out. I would literally sit with the program grid, match it yeah. to the to the month or to the week, depending on what data they had, and cross out the boxes and averagely check what how oh the program God. was doing. It was hilarious. It was it was all a lot of manual so, at that so time. Archaic. It was so manual, but it was good, <laughs> you know, because you get down to that nitty gritty, yeah, and and you grow from there. Because you want to crack the system. The math in me wanted to crack the system. Like, it, it there has to be a possibility. What is this? For sure. And, uh, yeah. And then a year later, I got an opportunity uh, to move to Starcom MediaVest okay. with Alex Saber mm-hmm. and, um, and another Philip there. And yeah. it was amazing. I think Starcom... Became a little home to me for four and a half years. Mm-hmm. I worked on Nokia. I worked on, uh, I don't know, I worked on so many accounts the there. The old days of Nokia. The old days, you know, that's the time when Nokia <laughs> just kicked off.
0: Yeah. And every <laughs> single
1: newspaper and magazine had a Nokia ad. That was, that was those were those days. It was amazing. I worked with Grey Worldwide on that. And then I moved to Media Edge,
2: mm-hmm.
1: MEC, with Mohan Nambiar. Okay. And uh, I... That was my. I think. I think that, I think that oh, it was, was like where...
0: 2005, six. Five. Okay.
1: 2005, and that was my. I don't. I think if everybody knows me, it's because of MEC Media. Edge.
0: Interesting. Did digital start in 2005? Dubai? Or was that still?
1: No, it started. Funnily enough, for Nokia, the first time was we placed these little banner ads in the messenger. Yeah. Um. In in MSN messengers, we used to do those little banners and buy some space on Yahoo. At that time, <laughs> Yahoo Maktub, as it was, it used to be All called. All days of Yahoo. Yeah, it was. I think two thousand four, five. But then it blasted when I was working on Sony Ericsson. So at around two six, two seven, mm-hmm. um, it blasted then. Okay. And that's when Media uh, MEC took a wave maker. Now took the path of you are going to do content. Mm-hmm which nobody even understood what content was. It was integrations yeah. and creation and special buys and ideas. They put that under me. And then they put digital under a guy called Mark Gussen, who's still yeah. there.
0: How did you transition from offline since 98, 99, now suddenly digital's here? It must have been like a whole...
1: I think my, my, my transition was very smooth because okay. I was involved very heavily in the brand. So it didn't matter, even if a digital media plan came onto my desk and I was the brand custodian, mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure everything was in place, <laughs> you know. Um, and then when I moved to head up content at that time, I still made sure that, you know, we would sit together. At, at, that was the best part about MEC mm. is we were all involved in every single aspect of the brand. So you might be creating the content like we did for Maggie Diaries,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but how does it get activated and executed across media right down to writing articles and getting it published within the articles was something we would sit together and discuss and execute. So, so for us, it, you know, we might have titles at that point, as I was telling somebody the other day, I said, we, we had titles, but it didn't matter because, because we transitioned and took the brand as our own. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the beauty of working at MEC. That I did television, print, outdoor, radio, digital, content, integrations, live shows. It jack didn't of matter. all trades. Yes, you became the jack of all trades. Yeah. And you actually learned from each other's experiences. Interesting. Um, okay. So I think the transition for me was not that hard. Hmm. Because we started. We were the first ones to produce a digital content series in 2011 for Land Rover, for Classified.
0: Because we were the first in the area? In the region, yes. Oh, wow.
1: It was the first one in the region.
0: Okay, cool. So I entered the media world here two thousand twelve, thirteen, something like that. Mm-hmm. So okay, so you guys were you're already really established. Cool. When did you start to transition more and more into content? How did that
1: I think that happened while I was at MEC. I think okay. the, the 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 foundation was laid for me at Starcom. Mm-hmm. Again, as I, you know, I was very blessed where my bosses realized that these creative ideas were helping us win pitches. Mm. Right? So when you would win a pitch, you want to execute it. So that was a learning for me. So I would start to work with the creative agency. I would start to work with the below the line agency. I would start to work with the PR agency just to keep that idea
2: living, bring it to
1: reality. So the transition, I think the, the, the foundation was laid for me at Starcom. Mm -hmm. But MEC was the one that actually blasted it up because we started, we were doing stuff for EMAR. We were doing stuff for the likes of Sony Ericsson, which were one of my favorite clients at that time because he was so open. Philips, you know, they were so open to, they were not scared. Yes. The marketing directors were not scared. And I think that enabled us. Mm. And then once Nestle came on board, that was a different beast. That was like having a playground where the yeah, client sure. really wanted those ideas to come to life.
0: That's really cool. So how long did you stay at MEC for?
1: Nine and a half years.
0: Oh wow. So when did you leave?
1: I left because um, what happened in No te- when? Two thousand fourteen.
0: Okay, fine. And you shifted to supplier side.
1: No, I took a year off. Okay. Um, not by choice, but okay. because um my mum wasn't doing too well. But oh, like, yeah. by the time, you know, we by the grace of God, it was just a thyroid issue. Yeah. But you know It took a while for her to get diagnosed and once she was back to yelling and screaming we were back (laughs) looking for a job (laughs) and then went looking um i guess i was a little too senior at that time Mm. um but again you know i spoke to michelle at dms Mm. and he goes oh we're creating something come on board okay and that's where i landed up at dms and my entire life from then on had become digital yeah so when you look back you know it's as though Destiny had planned certain things for you to happen, hmm. for you to be able to create what you have today. Had it not okay. been those different experiences, plus DMS thrown in, I don't think Artisar would have been a reality today.
0: That's really interesting. So at DMS, was there a whole... What was It was a content department? Yes. Okay, fine. You were leading the whole thing. Yes, I was leading content. How many people did you have eventually... So the by the
1: time when I started, I was the only one. Yeah. Um by the time I left we were a team of four.
0: I think when you started was probably when we, we met. Yes. Because I remember it was just you.
1: It was just me, myself, and I. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, and any any interesting stuff you were doing there? Any projects you were
1: like? Oh, oh I uh, it? DMS for me was it, it was it, it just gave How do I put so you're at this time in media mm. where clients have become cost effective right yeah. they want to produce content that looks like a million dollars but 10,000 dollars yeah, yeah. Right? Like it is
0: good to be cost effective but there's a degree of but it but there's a degree of it where it gets to being just pure cheap
1: exactly yeah. so how do you keep the look the feel the stories running, and still make it cost-effective, mm. ROI-effective for the client was something I really learned at DMS. Okay. Um, because digital content till today, unfortunately, and I say this to all the clients, please don't take me wrong on this, you need to invest in it. 100%. They are not cheap videos. They, they need a story running. They need an emotion running. And coming from that background, if you want your audience to connect to you, mm. you need to invest in it. I'm not saying it's a television spot but it doesn't mean it cannot be one yeah you know and that's where i want to you know tell them that it, it's 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 that's thinking give give the idea the money and the, the time it deserves mm. if you want to create a big idea it won't happen in a month no it, it's not going to
0: question i, I want to get your input on this cuz you've done so many different angles in media so you did the offline and then you did the content and then you did full digital do you still think? I'd love to get your thoughts on this. That TV is a useful media.
1: Yes, in this part of the world, and I'll tell you why. I don't like TV. I know, I know.
0: It, like bothers my soul.
1: But you know, I think what what we're moving into is television on demand,
0: well, like OTT. But the problem with OTT, there's no advertising here. No,
1: there isn't. And um, see, content has flown right. Mm-hmm. So whether you have Netflix or whether you have. Television, there is a mass percentage of people who still like reality shows.
2: There is, there sure. is.
1: They sure. love the Got Talent. They love, um, you know, the, the Master Chefs. It's because it it goes that down, down to that um, that deep value of a human within us mm-hmm. to achieve a dream to win something. There's, there's somebody who's pursuing their dream and has won, whether it's through singing, through acting, sure. through being a chef. And I think that. Content can live TV or digital, mm. right? But for me, television where we used to sit at eight o'clock, everything shut down to watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yeah, that, does doesn't doesn't, is, e- that doesn't that no, doesn't exist does does anymore. Yeah, that doesn't exist anymore, right? But bringing that format down to digital, keeping the same production values, is where the challenge now lies. Mm. And that's why I said it's moving a little mm. offline, where it's becoming television on demand
0: but then that would be digital it will be it won't be tv
1: i know but then again I'm, I'm telling all the brands and the producers don't lose out on the production values sure you know um something like game of thrones yeah right if there was if it was going to be produced for digital i bet you they wouldn't have put in that much money mm-hmm. it, it needs that that glamour it needs that that look, the feel, the, the emotion, the storytelling, 100%. the production but values. If you go
0: back and watch season one, and you watch the latest—was it season ten? I think, I think ten, it was eight, 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 eight. Sorry, and you go eight. The production value is very different. Mm-hmm. But I think what made Game of Thrones so good was the content. It
1: was gorgeous, and you know what I'm very excited about is Amazon's Lord of the Rings.
0: Amazon's doing Lord of the Rings. Yes. do hear about this? Oh, I'm a Lord of the Rings like I, very- oh, no, no,
1: I love- It's Amazon is producing Lord of the Rings, and they've shortlisted. They've I thought actually- Christopher Tolkien
0: said he will never allow any more movies. No, well, it's
1: it's becoming a series on Amazon Prime. That's amazing. So now Wait. I'm now I'm very curious, no, right? No, no, because here we have Lord of the update. Rings as a movie. Yeah. You know, I I've gone and watched those movies so many times. Because- I still
0: have the see those three, three things there on the corner yeah. there. Yeah, those are the extended special edition DVDs. I, I have
1: those and the Hobbit. <laughs> I okay. have six of them. You can.
0: What really, ever read the Silmarillion? Yes. Okay, I'm, it hurts me that there's no movie or show for Silmarillion because I think that is better than Lord of the Rings. I think so too, and series. I think
1: I think they will pick it up. I hope
0: so because Christopher he's... Tolkien was so pissed off. Um, was it J- Christopher Jackson or something? I forgot his name. Who made the movies? He didn't like the movies. Yeah. Tolkien's son hated the movies. And said, I will not give you rights as Silmarilis.
1: So, you know, the thing is, I read those books when I was in high school. Same. It was, it was one of my Same. reading list books. Yeah. Um, The descriptions were so intense. Yes. Before one dialogue came. For sure. You know, it, he described things.
0: Tolkien was a genius. He I was like. genius. Yeah. Genius
1: at describing every little thing in there. But then when you see how, how Jackson brought it to life... Mm. Right, I I was fascinated with the way he's created, you know, mm. the the the, the he, I was fascinated with the way he's created all these little things in there, you know, from the way the elves look to the to yeah. Rivendell to all of it.
0: I think he did a great job. I think he
1: did a fantastic job because I don't think I would have imagined it
0: better. Better. But this is why I get I get weirded out with Tolkien's estate. Why they were so angry at it. I'm like, that was great. I I loved it. I,
1: I loved it. and yeah. I, I think now, coming back to your point is the reason I'm excited about Amazon Prime hmm. doing a whole TV series on Lord of the Rings is now, let's see what production values they bring on board, because that amount of investment, yeah to get back from advertisers for sure and to get back from subscribers on a digital model is going to be interesting because mm-hmm. it's a game changer. I think somewhere it's going to be you a game just do changer. like Game
0: of Thrones, drop a Starbucks cup somewhere. A, <laughs> okay, I, I don't even know
1: how that happened, but I think, some... I think
0: it was intentional. That, you, that is my my gut feeling. Goes they're like, let's see if we can get away with it, because it happened with twice. There was there was water
1: and there was and something else. Yeah, yeah, there was water near the foot, and but
0: <sighs> at the same time, if you think about it, you have because you, you have you have teams of people that sit behind the camera. Of course. Who look at everything, the lighting, the clothes. They look at everything outside of the actors. How did those guys miss it? I could imagine the actors missing it cuz they must be exhausted. They're filming for hours. They have all that makeup, the costume. I get it. But how about the team of guys? But how about sit? the editor? Or the editor.
1: Or the or the guy that or the colorist. How did how did he No. So I agree. So I somewhere... wonder
0: I wonder if it was intentional, is
1: it because they realized that the that the last season is not as good as the other Maybe. seasons? I didn't like last season.
0: I didn't like the last season. <laughs> it like really the last bothered me.
1: Scene. Oh, me too. I thought it was such a damper.
0: I think they, this. I think they wanted to end it, and they had to wrap it up, and the transition didn't wrap. Like for me, for, for I'm loving. I'm loving this tangent by the way. For me, where Danny went from being caring about that, the person, every single person, to suddenly destroying them all, killing everything. I don't think they transitioned from like the light to the dark for her. Yeah, I agree. It was like a switch. Yeah, it it was too quick. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why would you do that just all of a sudden at least have a transition where we see her going from someone who you know, the Queen of Marine who who who's very loving and cares about her subjects is somebody someone that doesn't care about anyone who's ready to anymore. torch everyone. Yeah. So I don't think they did that transition one. I think we lost something there.
1: I think even the dragon somewhere like you know, one of the dragons becomes evil.
0: Yeah, yeah it even, becomes a white walker. Yeah, but yeah. even
1: even then there was no like I, I assumed he would create a lot more destruction.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and there
1: would be something between her and her dragon, you mm. know, where, you know, I. Like, I, where she
0: faces off her dragon, right?
1: Somewhere, like, you know, that's like the good and the bad facing off, the part of you mm. facing off. Somewhere I felt like, oh, that was it. He became a white walker, and that was it. Yeah. Like, you know, there was. I, I actually thought the dragon would have a bigger part to play as well. There you go. <laughs>
0: Anyway, hopefully, anyways, there's like three spinoffs now. There, two have been approved. One got approved last week. And that's two approved. One got killed. But I think they're still going to try to find me. I don't
1: know. I I mean, I read those books yeah, as well before the series came out. So I read the first
0: one before the series came out.
1: Oh, no. My nephew made me read all of them. We're a big reader in the family. So yeah. somewhere or the other, he makes me read those. And he made me read those way before the series came out. So, I, you know, at a certain point, until the books ended and then the series. Mm. I think as soon as the book ended... And then the series decided to take a path of its own, is where they lost the plot,
0: mm, probably. Because yeah. until
1: then he had thought out. I mean, the well, first they
0: lost the guidance. Yeah,
1: yeah. The first book when Ned Stark dies, you know, you're reading it, you're like, "Wait a minute, what, 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 And then I go back <laughs> a couple of pages, thinking, "Did I miss something? Is he coming back? Did I, you know?" Because in one line mm. in the book he kills him. Mm. Yes, one line. It was was one line, and it's dramatic.
0: Yeah, Martin was was. Was, was very smart. I yeah, like the way he Yeah, I loved, I loved it. Oh, um, wow. Let's transition out of this now because we just went on an awesome <laughs> tangent, which I really <laughs> enjoyed. So, when did you leave uh, DMS?
1: So, no, last November. Okay, what um, what
0: clicked in your head? That, you know, I'm, I've been doing this corporate thing for a long time now. I need I to get think, out.
1: I think the last five years okay. was from the time I took the the break in 2014 before I came back in 2015. Um. That one year where I really grew as an artist Mm -hmm. made me realize... So
0: you are an artist yourself?
1: I'm an artist myself. Okay. I've been painting... What's painting? Yeah, I've been painting ever since I can remember. What kind of painting do you do? Oils and acrylics, landscapes. um, Okay. I'm I'm what you call an abstract impressionist.
0: No idea what that is.
1: Okay, so... Very simply, I know what abstract
0: is. Yes, I know what an impressionism is. I know those two.
1: Yeah, so I'm the kind of person that would take a photograph, hmm. but not make it a realistic way. But I would layer it a lot more. I would add depths to it. That'd be like
0: Salvador Dali.
1: No, more like Monet, Monet okay. kind of stuff. Okay. so a lot of um, a lot of layers go into my paint. Okay, I, I do a lot of work with palette knives. Because okay, what
0: what what do you count as? Salvador Dali? What's what surrealism? That? A lot of surrealism. surrealism. Okay, fine. Interesting. So.
1: What happens with um, what happened then was I was painting, and I have a friend who's my now my business partner. We were paint, We always used to paint together on the weekend, mm-hmm. de stress. Um, from my media world, her she's a she used to be a conference producer at uh, Dubai World Trade Center, oh, and wow. all. Okay. So we this was our way to de stress. We'd just catch up and paint. This was our weekends, literally, Break the Yeah, yeah. Literally, this was my way of coming back sane to work. Honestly, I couldn't deal with so 17, 18 hours a day if I didn't go back to my paints. That's the only thing that made sense. And then five years ago, we kept debating about creating a gallery. But creating a physical gallery was a couple of million dirhams investment. Easily. Easily. And, and we just both weren't. Were to you turn in it out. the
0: art world? Like, did you did you have did you know local artists? Did you know international? No, eye- it was unfortunately, just, you your own bubble.
1: It was it was my own bubble because I used to do a lot of stuff on my own. So I knew artists mm. because they would find me on Instagram. Okay, and then or or we would end up catching up. Oh, I'm an artist. I'm an artist. And mm. so my artist bubble was a little smaller. Hers was a little larger because she's a lot more outgoing.
2: Okay. Okay. I Fair was a,
1: at, on the weekends. I'm a little more, a lot more introverted. Okay. Versus versus Fair her. Enough. So. It was, um, we debated and then we realized, okay, we're not shelling out a couple of million. No. No. we no, one's got not. a couple of million. But we wanted to make art affordable. That was something we had in our head running. Okay, fine. You know, anybody, even if you have a 50 derm or a 100 or a 500 derm, but you should be able to walk away with an original piece.
0: Have you sold any art prior to that? Yes. Okay, fine.
1: I had. Myself, she, both okay, of us. Okay, t-
0: locally, right? Yeah, or-
1: but you know, that's friends, family, mm. friends of friends. But it's not something that ended up becoming a business. It was somebody who'd pick up the phone. Hey, I like that painting of yours.
0: Hey, I saw you post this or someone That's told it. me about your painting Pretty and much. I saw it and I, hey, it, I'll i buy it yeah. off of you.
1: Um, that happened. So I said, okay, cool. Um, Can I ask you a question sure. as an
0: artist? is something that I've always wondered. How does an artist put a value on his art?
1: Very good question.
0: Because I, I, look, art is a, something outside of my realm of knowledge. So I got no idea. I'm like, why is that one 6,000? That one's 1,000. To me, that one looks better. But maybe, I don't know.
1: So a lot of artists overvalue or undervalue themselves. And that comes from different reasons. A lot of the okay. time, it's undervalued. Why? Because of a self-sense of belief and insecurity that I'm unable to sell a lack of appreciation mm. that comes out because remember our friends and family circle
0: mm-hmm.
1: is very small. It is. Right. So you don't sell very fast. No. Right. So you tend to then fall into this mind belief in your head. My art's not good enough.
2: Mm, okay. Right. Okay, now,
1: okay. then comes the second part where somebody comes to you, and says, oh, that's too expensive. And. A belief system kicks into your head. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a lot of belief systems that gets layered because as an artist, what you put out on a canvas is a piece of your soul, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't realize. When we when we paint, we lose track of time, reality. Mm-hmm. We get immersed.
0: What's the longest you ever painted in one session without realizing the time?
1: Probably eight, nine hours. Wow. And sun, ro- sun rose and I had to go to work. <laughs> And I realized, okay, this isn't happening. I'm never doing this again. I
0: can't imagine doing
1: that. Yeah. But that said, I've actually sat for about 12, 14 hours doing a mosaic piece Mm. where I was breaking glass mosaics Mm -hmm. and I had bandages on every single finger of mine, but it was unbelievably beautiful. I just sat and I built that mosaic piece because I fell in love with mosaics. Yeah. So... We lose track. It's a part of us. It's a part of our soul. It's an emotion. Some of us use it to express things that we can't express. So do you take
0: time consideration into the cost?
1: You should, but a lot of us don't.
0: Because you you are math at heart. Yes. So I'm sure you do.
1: I do. But then when I start to put a price on it.
0: Then how do you, yeah, what's your hourly rate then becomes?
1: Yes. And then when I start to put a price on it, so I know my hourly rate at work.
0: Yes. Right? That's, that's so easy. So I your took, salary that, divided by, I took okay.
1: that and I divided it by two. Okay. Right, because I'm an artist, there I'm a professional. Sure. Nobody knows me. i here, people know me there, people don't know me here. So okay. I took my juniors rate okay. and I multiplied it by the number of hours. I put okay. in the material cost. Okay. Right, because there's a material cost. There's a paint, there's a canvas, there's sure, sure. all of that whatever stuff. Plus, I put in a 15, 20% margin. Sure. Right? Okay. People weren't willing to pay for that. Interesting. So there comes, then comes that battle, right, of mm. what do I price it at? So I walked into um, this gallery in New York. My aunt lives in New York, so I go there a lot. And on 3rd, Manhattan Manhattan. and on 2nd Avenue, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of art galleries, just very small art galleries who are very open to people walking in, talking to them, showing them their work and all of it. Very beautiful. So I walked in and I met this gentleman and I said, how very similarly, why is that price there? Why is that price there? You know how why are those prices so different
0: you're trying to learn
1: yeah i'm like how do you price your work because i'm struggling (laughs) so he said to me something really cool and he said okay i want you to paint a piece put it up on a wall walk away for two three four days i'm like okay okay he goes come back with a wad of cash in your hand okay right come back take a glass of a drink and just sit there look at the painting and then physically from your purse pull out pull out the cash that you would be willing to pay for that piece mm-hmm. that's your belief system interesting okay. it just kicked in there right so now you okay. know you want 4k for this painting you're only willing to pull out from your own pocket 1000k so there's a belief system hmm. playing out there you
0: have to be realistic
1: you have to be realistic to now what
0: you're even willing to pay
1: what you're willing to pay so from on that he said add add a little bit of a margin for a negotiation so, once you start to value your art hmm. much higher, people will value you much higher. Again, it's self-love, self-belief, True. self-appreciation okay. that kicks in here. And I think that became my way of costing my piece.
0: Okay, makes sense.
1: Because I struggled. Yeah. I really, really struggled. There were pieces I put in a lot of work in, but I realized nobody's going to pay me 10000 20000 for it.
2: Yeah. Because I'm not a name. Fair.
1: I'm not a name. But that doesn't mean that piece doesn't deserve a home or cannot bring joy to somebody else. That's so, true. So then I would price it reasonably and I saw a lot more of my pieces going. Yeah. Because I made it affordable.
0: And when me ask you a question I'm going to sound like such an art noob. For, forgive okay. me because this is just fast. There's some pieces of art out there that look like a child did it. They're worth millions. How does that happen?
1: It's the imagination. It's the... Yeah, yeah. But it's the thought behind it. Um, personally, there's a famous
0: Picasso one with the red line. Okay, so I understand I'm, it's Picasso and it, it yeah, comes again, with Again, the, the name. name becomes a huge part, right? Yeah, but like, yeah, but I, I would not pay, Was it, millions? A couple of millions. Yeah.
1: So for me, I think my transition happened with these artists, a lot more of learning with them. Okay. Van Gogh is my personal favorite okay. to learn off. That's
0: Starry Night, right? Starry Nights okay. and all
1: of them. I actually, my third painting in my life was The Café. Okay. Um, and I learned so much by, from the masters and I always encourage people who are learning, pick up a master mm-hmm. and try to do a few paintings of his because you will learn colors, you will learn layers, you will learn everything. So Picasso is one of my favorites. But again, there are some paintings of his that I personally don't like. Okay. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of abstract abstract. Okay, abstraction just, i'm not okay, a fine. big fan of it
0: i don't know abstract abstract was the thing I As was an, just I, no, i'm just
1: saying abstract abstract it's not a thing i, like I, I just squared. what i meant was to be a little more clear is you know i'm not a big fan of a big line running through it yeah because um, i don't yeah, get I, it i don't get it i am a lot more a fan of work that has a little bit of meaning a little bit of story maybe because okay. i come from there so i was in um spain mm-hmm. over the summer um and I in Seville I got to see one of Picasso's work. Mm-hmm. Um and an original an original oh, and wow. it was a whole room dedicated to oh, this wow, okay. huge painting and it's all about you know um all about what people in Spain were going through during the wars and all of it and losing you know it was it was very deep yeah and he had sketches so the, the outer room had a lot of the sketches that made up that big piece. Oh,
0: okay. Um,
1: I think it's called Guernica. What
0: and What time period stunning. was Picasso in? Oh. Was it God. 1800s? It was 1800s, right?
1: No. 1900s? closer, yeah. Early, 19, early 1900s? Because, yeah, yeah. Early 1900s. So probably
0: World War One.
1: Probably even after that, I think. I can check. Yeah. I'm, I'm bad with, none, with yeah, same. dates. Yeah, um, But he was... To me, that mattered, right? No. That mattered. Because he was saying a story um that had that had so much so much meaning um like Guernica is a huge it's it's very passionate as a piece it's is beautiful it's yeah. black white it has it has trauma in it, it has destruction in it, it has passion in it, it has people, it has families. then that becomes something that to me is a much beautiful story and with his style told by his style Guernica right. was done in nineteen thirty seven
0: Okay, so I, post World right, War right One, right right before World War Two.
1: Exactly. And and this was at the time when Spain was going through one of those revolutions. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I loved it. I think it was during Franco's time if I'm not mistaken.
0: Very interesting. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, I'm it's a looking.
1: very interesting painting.
0: Yeah. That is very interesting. See, I could relate to that.
1: That that to me is is beautiful. It's Picasso at his, at his one of his bests.
0: That's very interesting. And it's like a whole room of it.
1: It's a big wall, oh, wow. a huge wall, and then the outer wall has all sketches that okay. make up the big one. So it has his thought oh, process, okay, okay, okay. and that to me is a treasure. It's a beautiful treasure to walk into. Um, I always encourage people. I'm like, even if you're not an artist, and even if you're not an art collector. Go to a museum if you get a chance. Get to see a Degas. Get to see a Van Gogh. Get to yeah. see a Picasso. Get a guide that takes you through a little bit of his story.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And unbelievable insights come out of mm. it. Because you might not inter- you might be interpreting it differently in your head than what the artist meant.
0: Yeah, that's very it true. It's so subjective. It's a subjective field. One that always resonated with me until today is Edward Munch, The Scream. Yes. That for me... Probably is my favorite of all time. Really? Just because I could feel the angst of the painting, almost right. Okay, for me, for, for me, me it's, it's 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 someone in pain, almost. Yeah. I feel that.
1: For me, when I go to the Met in New York, yeah. they they um they have a whole series of Degas. Okay. And Degas does ballerina. Yeah. Um, and it's been my dream to just do one Degas on my own, yeah. on my own style. Um, have you tried yet? Not yet. I think he's, you know, there's some artists that I look up to so deeply that for me doing one of theirs, it's like a tribute to them. Mm. It's not about, it's not about being a copy or any of it. It's just the artists that you look up to. You know, I grew Mm. up looking up at his, I have books on Dega. I love his work. I can get lost in his ballerinas um i don't know if you've ever seen it mm-hmm. i know just...
0: David. so my sister is really into art and yeah. she's actually artist management in lebanon oh, she nice. manages local artists but and that's kind of we talk about every now and then so she's the one who is brought he... it to my attention this one
1: yeah any one of the ballerinas
0: oh those are interesting
1: they're just gorgeous mm. they just they just so much life and so, so what more... kind of
0: like art is this like he what does... kind of genre is this mm. So obviously canvas, right? Oil, no, acrylic. A lot
1: of his work on pastels. A lot of his work okay. um in the Met is on pastels. Okay. It's pastels. Um, okay. A lot of it is on pastels. Oh.
0: Very interesting.
1: Yeah, very, very interesting. Oh. I love I love you know what really gets to me in the older artists is the way they do the folds, the way the, the dresses fall. Mm. The, the just you can feel yeah. the sheerness of it. You can feel just the the entire sheer of it, the colours, the vibe you know, the fact, yeah. the movement. All comes alive. And I think to me, attempting one of his, just for me, a part of it or making something out of it, he, getting inspired by him, yeah. that's my biggest... Yeah. Um,
0: is Starry Night your favorite Van Gogh?
1: No, actually. It's not? Okay. Uh, no, it's not. My my favorite one is the one I did. It's called The Café, yeah. if I'm not mistaken.
0: I like Starry Night. Yeah, I like that's that. That's my favorite. Okay.
1: And I actually did one of those. He's
0: really big on the sky.
1: <gasps> I learned so much from him on the sky. And even the right. yellows, the, the way the path is done. Mm. Even the way he's done the path, the cobbled path, the lights flowing through, the life of people. Did he do
0: this before or after Starry Night?
1: I honestly don't remember the chronological. Okay, out, but have you seen the? have you seen this movie, the animated? It's not even an animation. I don't know how to describe it. What's it called um there's a beautiful movie on on Van Gogh um, that was airing on Emirates one second no, sorry. if you realize
0: it. even the night here in the cafe looks similar to starry night there's like a resemblance you could tell that that's his style it's very interesting
1: it's called loving Vincent
0: I have I have seen it I haven't watched it
1: you gotta watch it it's, is, is
0: it animation or is it was it
1: I think it's I, every single frame of that movie mm. is hand drawn, um, so it's, I'm struggling yeah. to call it an animation. To yeah, be you honest. can't call that. And it's it's hand drawn in his style. In his style, so you know, it's as though when you flip the paper and the colors come alive. Every single part of it is 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 um is hand drawn, and it actually shows his life as an artist till mm. the time he dies, and the kind of paintings he did, and at what stages of his life.
0: He's the one who cut off his ear, right? Yes. To give us a gift to. Like the one he loves, but she was like she was married already, right? Yeah,
1: she's he's he was a bit crazy. in the Don't head. you
0: feel all these profound artists that change the face of their field have something off?
1: Can I? It's not about being something off, or I'll not something but being unique. You know,
0: like Andy find Warhol. Andy Warhol was ex- very eccentric. He is, for example, right. Roman Polanski, right? Yes, was eccentric. They're all they're. The, the most creative people are the ones that we would judge weird. Or have quotes. gone
1: through a lot in their lives. Mm. Um, so I find art similar to music. Um, a beautiful way of expression. Sure. Right? So, for example, me, I don't... I sound very great. You know, I communicate. I'm chatterbox. But I think I bury a lot of things deep inside of me. Mm. At a very personal level, I bury them. Okay,
0: so I'm, the, I'm, I used to be the same.
1: So I, so I still bury them. Okay, right. Um, and for me, when I get in front of a canvas, mm-hmm. I process those emotions mm. because I don't let it sit within me. Because I believe, you mm. know, if you if you leave emotions within you and you bury them, it leads to physical illnesses later. But you need to process that emotion. Sure. Right. So for me being either if I'm very happy or I'm very sad or very hurt or very joyful it's an emotion and I can process that much better when I'm in front of a canvas I let it flow through me right now Van Gogh a lot of these artists and people I meet have all gone through life changing experiences right and these experiences the arts allow you a creative way of expressing Mm-hmm. what you go through some people have been bullied some people have been molested mm-hmm. right some people have gone through really bad marriages um, heartbreaks um, miscarriages um, loss of mother loss of father as a human how we process emotion each one is different mm-hmm. and I think the arts give you that platform Um and sometimes people don't realize that and they call it eccentric or they call it she's crazy in the head. Mm-hmm. She's just mad or he's cuckoo or whatever yeah. it is. But I think that's where creativity is really comes from its from its depth when you sure. can feel it.
0: It definitely comes from emotion. It
1: comes from something so deep that we can't express it. 100%. And I think that's why Van Gogh, when he goes to his because he was unable to express at some point. Yeah. Even his art wasn't enough. That's true. Even his art wasn't enough for him to express. Um, like the, you know there's a there's a whole thing about uh, Michelangelo and the Sistine the, Chapel. The Sistine Chapel, right? Where you have this young artist Raphael in the room next door. Mm. He's twenty seven. This guy's in his sixties or something. Lying on his back, he hates doing plaster work. He hates painting. He is a sculptor. But he wanted that that insecurity of trying to prove himself that he is still a master versus this young Raphael drove him. It drove him to create something masterful. Sure. And probably that's why Raphael, in his wisdom, recognized it. And in his painting in the Vatican, where you have all the greats of the world together, actually put in Michelangelo in it. He inserted him.
0: the Renaissance times for art? I love Renaissance.
1: Yeah. Um going to Italy is like going to a pilgrimage to me. Okay. Um and I think Italy is is so beautiful when the way they you walk into a small um you walk into a small cathedral, you walk into a small church, oh this is Raphael, oh this is Michelangelo, oh this is like you have pieces hidden within yeah within all these monuments. You've got sculptures sitting in the middle of Rome. And like the Duomo by by Da Vinci, it's gorgeous. The, the drawings and all of mm. it. Um, you know, he had a, he had a big hand in it. Or even even his um, uh, the Last Supper. That's yes. about to, unfortunately, in twenty years, will not be there. No, so it's deteriorating. Uh, yeah, it's deteriorating. It was it was a blessing to see that mm-hmm. kind of work. Um, I still think uh, Da Vinci was probably the most sanest out of all of them at <laughs> that time. But because I
0: think. The range of the things he did oh, is He was a genius. Not only did he paint and sculpt, he was an inventor. Mm-hmm. He, he, he. Uh, you had the what's it called the the man, the v- Venetian man. No, something I forgot his name. And then you also have he made the first plane. He, he was grew, he, the guy was like he, did, he was a visionary. Yeah, right? he was.
1: He did dams. He did roadworks. He did all kinds of stuff. Yeah, he, think, he was. He was. I think Da Vinci was just a genius.
0: Yeah, I think that's why we count him as the most famous of the renaissance. Yeah, just because his range. It's mathematically it right driven as well. Cool. Let's get into Artizar now. So, you're talking to your friend. You guys both paint together. That's your way. You guys... So, we... You're like, we should do our own thing.
1: We should do our own thing. And then we realized it's a couple of million.
0: But Yeah, but why do you want to do your own thing? Is it because you saw there was a need for it?
1: One, we struggled to sell our work.
0: Okay, because you experience the, experienced the struggle. We experienced
1: that. So, you know, when we would go to, no offense to any gallery owners right now, but when we would go up to a few galleries, we would email them. We wouldn't even get a response back. Um, if we went up to talk to them, you mm-hmm. know, they would be like, oh, have you exhibited anywhere outside of Dubai? And you're sitting and going, uh, no, because I live here. I work here 18 hours a day. Yeah. What, what do I do? So we struggled. And I said, there must be more like us. There are people like us. Our work isn't bad. We're not saying we're masters. How do art
0: galleries work? Like, how's the whole thing, and what what do you like, and what, is there something you don't like about the physical art galleries?
1: I don't know how the art art galleries in Dubai work, to be honest. How, because... let's, let's take it, but somewhere outside global. globally, a lot of us who are emerging artists would get a lot more exposure. You would actually have people putting up our work, talking to us, getting us commissions. There would be,
2: mm.
1: there would be that that. That desire, mm-hmm. because remember in Europe and in the US, there is a desire to own artworks. Yes. Original pieces, not prints.
0: As an end customer. As an mean.
1: end customer. Okay, fine. Okay, so rarely they don't, you know, they would love to replace their IKEA prints with yes. a nice piece of work yes. that's an original. And they go looking at these art shows and they go looking into these art galleries, <laughs> and they're affordable art galleries. They're not a couple mm. of million dollars, right? And they're they're affordable. So I think at that time, you would have a lot of a better relationship mm. happening between them. Um, you know, and I think I struggled here because one, I was okay. working. Two, I couldn't seem to find an agent. I couldn't seem to find a gallery. Are there
0: local agents?
1: Uh, they are, they must be. I just couldn't find any. But
0: as an as a up-and-coming artist... How do you get your art into an art gallery? And how does an art gallery choose what to showcase?
1: Everybody has different... um, It's
0: it's purely on the curator?
1: Purely on the curator and what the theme is.
0: And what they think will sell. Pretty much. Okay. And that's okay. Of course it's okay. It's a business.
1: Yes, but I would like a feedback saying this wouldn't sell. Why? Mm. Because of this. Okay, because you, then, see, you then feel we missing can, that. I feel we were missing that. I felt that there was no... I felt there was space for us was at right markets. Which is not wrong.
0: That's no, not wrong. It's
1: not wrong. But I just felt like there was something missing. There was like a, there was a chunk about us. There, there must be mm. more like us.
0: Do you think... I want to talk to you as a layman now. As a sure. person outside the world. Don't you think there's a barrier to entry? For example, I like art. I know nothing about art. It is almost daunting for me to enter the art world because I feel there's a high barrier to entry. Uh, and I'll tell you why. I'm into comic books. I love collecting comic books. And this is something I've been talking to with the people, not just here, internationally. There is a high barrier to entry to, to getting into the comic collecting world. For example, you like Marvel movies yes. and you want to buy an Iron Man comic book. To enter that world, first of all, is very snobby Mm. The comic book world is very—it's nerdy, but it's also very snobby. The 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 big collectors, the guys who've been around, you know, point their nose upwards at a person entering, and it's hard to gather information. And then some people don't like to share information. I feel yeah
1: that that whole part of not sharing information—that's similar to the artwork. Oh my god, <clears throat> it's like you yeah. gotta you you just ask if you ask a question, yeah. it's like why are you asking me? Yeah, and you're like just want to know what what? Yeah, just tell me what is it.
0: So I feel there's a similarity between these there two is. worlds. I
1: think there's a little bit of a similarity, and I think there's a little bit of a thing about, you know, um the 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 support as artists that we the 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 place to showcase our work I think was missing.
0: Mm. Um don't you think art galleries don't think long term? I'll tell you why. I think like this way, when I especially when I I'm gonna relate my comic book experience. Mm-hmm. I would talk to people in the States, in Europe, Australia, all around the world, and locally, because it's a small community here. I'd be like, guys, we as a community, because I was, I was a person entering the community late in life. I entered the comic book world in 2012. I'm late. There's people collecting from the 70s and 80s, right. right? Getting into it was very difficult. It was very difficult to meet people, to learn, to grow. It's very hard. So I'd talk to people around. I'm like, guys, don't you realize if you grow the category you will intrinsically grow your business.
1: Thank you. It's like any category exactly. in FMCG.
0: Exactly. I, I Actually, when I worked on the RB account, Finish. Right. Right. It's a washing it? machine. It's a washing machine, it, it's it's a, washing a, machine it's, detergent.
1: It's a, a dishwasher detergent. Dishwasher, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry.
0: Dishwasher. Okay. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> it's okay. We I all worked, get confused. I worked on that account for a year. <laughs> Whoops. Anyway, so we had a strategy is you grow the category... And then intrinsically people will relate the category to you and then they'll buy your product. Thank you. But I don't think, the comic book world doesn't do it. The artwork doesn't the artwork do doesn't it. And the art doesn't do it. No. Why?
1: I don't know why. Is it
0: just old school? This I is how we've always I done think, things?
1: I think it's very old school. Mm. I think it is very collector driven. Okay. But I think there is a market.
2: Oh, definitely is, there is. That is
1: not, I am an art collector. So yeah. there's space for an art dealer and there's space for art collectors, which we love. Sure. Right? That's where we inspire to get into as, as, as emerging artists in the sure. art collective And there's collection. also
0: space for the layman guy who just wants a nice piece of art.
1: Yes. And I think that is what I found in Dubai was missing mm. in the UAE. Because okay. I, was, I was there, right? This is me selling a piece of work because I'm churning them out every sure. couple of weeks. I can't keep keeping them. Yeah. I need to give them. I need to do something with yeah, them. They can't hoard it. I can't hoard it. Oh, my mom's gonna give them away for free exactly. <laughs> to all her friends, which which did happen, you know. And it was it was that whole point of it. And I I kept telling this friend of mine, I'm like, why do people go and invest in prints that you know they're prints? Yeah. They're not gonna get anything out of it after they sell it five years down the line. Exactly. Why are they buying paintings with no authenticity certificates with no signature on the painting? Interesting, right? That's not an original. That's somebody, unfortunately, sitting in China or Philippines, churning mm. these out in Indonesia at a very cheap rate and they're making a huge margin off. Oh you. sure they are. And that's not even appreciating the artist. Appreciate at least appreciate the Chinese or the Philippine artist mm. that has done that work. That's not even an appreciation for them. Yeah. So why why are we bring why are we sitting there? There are people who love to buy organic ceramic mugs handmade they are people who who love these handmade things and dubai and uae dubai were so good at appreciating that but why did we kind of get into the back end yeah so we sat on it for five years she she got pregnant and decided to have a baby i went back to dms she went to her conferences and then one fine day i think i was 2018 yeah 2018 Mm. i was a little burnt out I think I kind of thought I'm not going to learn anything more than this. Stagnated. I, mean, I was very stagnated. I mean, mm. I love DMS, really, really do, but I personally, at a personal level, I felt that I didn't have much more to give to this industry. I think I'd given it all. Um, and then my dad, 70 years that he is, um, bless him. He's so cute. He doesn't. He's one of those old school traders. Yeah. Right. Uh, old school traders he goes ah oh, you do digital website put your painting on website and i just kind of stewed on that one <laughs> you know so at the web summit there was a lot of stewing happening in my head mm. and i think i came back and i told him dad i'm gonna do this he goes okay i don't think he realized what he said yeah, he because just, said it, and he forgot just about said it and he didn't realize that that little trigger was like okay we can't do a physical space but why can't we do An online space. Why can't we have an Mm e-gallery that makes it easier for the buyers to browse through it, Mm -hmm. choose what you want, the colors, very accessible to us, you know, because the two of us are very accessible and give a space to people like us. So that's where it started. I called her up and I said, OK, babe, I have this idea. Do you think it's going to work? She goes, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, yeah. She goes, OK, I'm in.
2: <laughs> I'm like,
1: OK, you coming on. She goes, yeah. I said, OK, fine. And that was literally how we came together. Yeah. And we both quit our jobs um, and went at it. Um, Very proud to say we built the website ourselves. We didn't hire anybody. It's a good
0: website. I saw it. Thank you.
1: Appreciate it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. thank you. It was a lot of learning. You know, it's a lot of going down back to your roots, picking up the phone to some of my juniors saying, dude, how did you do this? Oh, I did it this way. I said, okay, fine. Thank you. And there's a lot of groundwork of learning. Sure. Um, But you know when we reached out, if you ignore the website for a second and you ignore everything for a second. Yeah. When I just reached out to an artist... To a mom, Mm -hmm. to a guy who's a marketing director, who's an artist, anybody. We didn't realize how many people have gone through the same disappointments, same struggles, same fears as we did. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, today, where we are in September, we are over 100 artists in four and a half months of going live on the platform. That's really cool. And are they all local? Like all in Dubai? UAE based. All UAE based. All UAE based. Interesting. And our youngest one is five years old. Okay. So here you have mums who are supporting their teenagers and their kids and giving them that platform saying, Okay, paint. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take you to some places. You learn yeah. and you start to put up your work. And they're so well done and cute for a nursery mm. or you know, done out of the innocence of a child. That innocence that we we tend to make commercial, but it's still innocent.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you missing that? We're missing that. We were missing the the laymen's. We were missing the platform where we we had. We have some people who do some beautiful pieces, but again, struggle on selling yeah. it. And so, like,
0: so you guys build this website. Is it e-commerce? Can I buy on the website? Yes. Okay, cool. So, uh, so you trade license, right? Yeah. Okay, fine. Just how was that process? Was it easy?
1: the trade license was a very very easy process did you use, um, did you do it
0: yourself or do you use like one of those no no we did it ourselves
1: zones. we researched landed up at Shumps okay um, you needed two three things to make this work okay which is all in place so we wanted to make sure that all the artists were legal so that the artists can sell yes um, you know so we did that um, the hardest process was probably getting I shouldn't say this but a bank account <laughs> <laughs> so if you're it's, any it's bankers easy. out there, oh my God, you got to know your, you know, that whole know your client process.
2: Yeah.
1: I think we were really missing that. I okay. think we were really missing right. that. Um, but finally, that came through. Um, currently, we have kept it on cash on delivery on purpose. Okay. And the reason for that is... So I can't,
0: bu- I can't buy something with like a MasterCard or a Visa?
1: No, we, we usually, I'll tell you why we did that. Is because we realize 95% of, of our people. huh?
0: What if it's a lot of cash?
1: Then they can transfer it. That's not a problem. Okay, fine. But I realized you're not going to, first of all, you're not going to buy anything above a thousand, two thousand dirhams without wanting to see the piece. For sure. Right? So as soon as you do a transaction, you stop
0: mm.
1: because you're like, what if?
0: Mm.
1: So then we realized we had a lot of people emailing us back saying hey guys what if i want to see the piece what if i want to choose between four pieces we're like that's fine just tell us what you want we'll arrange the viewing for you we'll bring it over put it up on your wall check which one fits your home
0: wow you're doing all that we
1: do we go down to that level of ensuring that what you buy you're proud of
0: so let's say i have i have I'm gonna buy. Yes. I shortlist the three paintings. Right. I hit you guys up. Like I want to see in my house. Right. The art. You have to go. have to go get the paintings.
1: I go buy. I go, I contact my artist. Okay. Who give it to me in less than 48 hours. Okay. And I come to you. Even if
0: they're Rasul Chaim or Foucher yeah, or Abu much, Dhabi. Pretty much.
1: Pretty much. They're very excited. They all have their pieces ready. Okay. Literally. They'll come
0: meet you physically. Give physically you the, give it to then me. And you will physically take it to the customer. Mm-hmm. And be like, here are the three. This is how it's gonna look on your wall. Exactly. And will they transact at that moment? Yes. Okay. Fine.
1: And we've realized that gives us a much better relationship mm-hmm. because now you're very happy. Of course, I'm happy. You, you're like, of course I'm happy. You're why like, wouldn't I be you're happy? You're like, oh my God, I got the piece I wanted. I didn't have to go through this whole, oh, I need a refund. Oh, I didn't like it. Oh, the piece was a little this. Oh, the colors. You of
0: course, get... I'm happy. I had someone bring a bunch of pennies to my house, put it in my house, test it there. Then I chose the one I like. I didn't have to leave my house. No. Why wouldn't I be unhappy? Do you, do you add a do you had a fee to that?
1: We don't have a fee to that.
0: Kind of should. I know. I'd pay a fee.
1: I know. We. You we, pay
0: IKEA 100 dirhams to deliver.
1: I know. <laughs> See, the thing is, we're as artists again. As I said, you know, you'd pay IKEA 100 bucks. Yeah. But if I told you, oh, I'm going to charge you 100 dirhams to bring over three paintings, as a fee, people immediately they really? don't. You know they. My general thing to the public would be please value what we do as artists. Yeah, but, it's but, a lot of hard work.
0: Maybe cuz I'm in don't know, the marketing world or whatever, but I don't see that as a problem. If if I if I'm saying bring 5 pieces to my house, I'm going to test each one and there's a chance I might not buy any. You know, it's only logical. That's what
1: we've never had that. Okay. We've always transacted.
0: But you might. We might. It might happen. It any, might happen. Anything is possible.
1: Anything is possible.
0: And you're going to go through all that effort and there's at least not even a, a showing fee or... Yeah, so, uh, we haven't it.
1: put that because I guess one, we're new. Two, we want to make sure that people oh, see who we are.
0: Maybe down the line.
1: Maybe down the line, to be very honest. Because I think it's fair. I think it's fair too. I lot. it's pay a lot for the for it. gas. It's that. fair for our time and the <laughs> gas and people coming from all over, dropping off the paintings and bringing them and all. Yeah. But I think we've ended up getting a lot more commissions as well mm-hmm. because of that. Because we've had people who call us and say, hey guys, do you want to just pass by? I don't know what to put up on this wall. But my budget.
0: Will you give artistic direction to a customer? Yes. Okay, I'm Hossam, right? I want a piece of art. I saw your website. There's nothing I like. I like the style of this artist, but he doesn't do the the stuff I like. Right. I want you guys to do a custom Iron Man for me.
1: Which is pretty much what we are actually doing a lot of. Okay. So we go Do you charge a
0: fee for that? Um, for your, it's part for your of the consultation? Cost. It's part of the cost okay, fine.
1: of the painting. So what I'm happens sure. is it's really cool. We walk into somebody's house and they have this beautiful wall mm-hmm. and furniture. And they're like, okay, I really want a big painting for that. We're like, okay. The first thing we ask them is, what's your budget? And the reason we ask this is because we have artist ranges,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right, who charge a certain amount per painting. Do right? you have a database? Uh, we have over 100 now. Do so you recall we approach, what you have, A so, Excel sheet? Yeah, yeah, pretty much yeah. a big one. You know, pretty...
0: Of the artists, the kind of how they do, the range Everything. they work so, on. And we know
1: them by heart now because we, we talk to each artist, by the way. Yeah. So we meet our artists. Um, we don't just put them on the website and forget about them. We do artist meetups where we empower them. We tell them how to use Instagram. We talk to them. We explain. Oh, you do like gatherings. We do gatherings every couple of four to six weeks. That's cool. Um, Because we want artists to... it. it we want it to be a community, right? We were missing that. Yeah. And we just don't want to go and... Chitter chatter and whatever we want them we want to empower them so we did a workshop on photography for them how to photograph their paintings better mm. because if they don't put it up if, they, if we don't have good pictures on the website you're not going to get in yeah. you're not going to like it um we did instagram trainings for them we have mm. an e-commerce training coming up for them
0: that's really cool just
1: for them to understand the world of e-commerce just because you and i come from that digital background yeah, doesn't mean a lot of our housewives or mums would know that's that, true. right Um, So that said, what happens is we go into somebody's house. They say, hey, this is my wall. I take a picture and I understand the budget, right? I understand the style. I take them through a couple of them. I get them a couple of references, photographs. What are they looking for? Mm -hmm. The colors they're looking for. Once we nail it down to what they're looking for and the the budgets that they're looking for, I then send them three to five artist profiles and their previous works, Mm. right? so that they can see the quality that they're buying into it might not be you might be looking for horses but this person's done is capable of doing horses but she's done the most recent work is a landscape
0: mm-hmm. but you
1: can see the way she's you know the, the, the work style. the style um once that's done um we pretty much if the the buyer wants to meet the artist we put a meeting together let them talk together understand and the artist starts to work. Mm. Take a fifty percent deposit, non-refundable. Sorry about that one, but yes, no, fair. that you, that's you fair. One hundred percent fair.
0: You can't work make the artist work no. for two weeks and be like, oh, I don't uh, want it. No, no, yeah, no, no, no. Spent hours, hours and hours,
1: and may, maybe the canvas costed us five seven hundred dirhams as well. Yeah. So you know, no, let's no, just, just be honest about it. Then we uh, we don't send, and I'll tell you why we don't do this. We don't send work in progress. Why? Because. A lot of the layers are built up. So when you see it as a layman, mm. you think the painting is going haywire. Oh, okay. What we do is we send it when it's 80 to 90% complete.
0: Because that's when it really starts coming together, right?
1: That's where most of the layers are in place. Most of the colors are in place. Most of, you know, the, then we can do the final changes mm-hmm. because we're working off a reference, right? But the the if I sent you something with just a sketch and just the basic colors of a, of horses up there, you'd be like oh but the eye has not come out great but the face is not looking but you'll be you'll be you'll be wanting to see something that's 80 90 percent complete Mm. when he's only done 10 to 15 percent so we've realized that that understanding doesn't happen Mm. right but if somebody's very very knowledgeable and understands that process and just wants to view it no worries
0: you also work with digital
1: artists Yes, we've got one only, but we want to expand. This art is us. really
0: interesting. The stuff you see people make like on Photoshop is mind blowing.
1: It is. And I think I think there's a lot of people here that are hidden and haven't come out.
0: How do you find artists?
1: They find us now, funnily okay, enough. Fine. Um How did you we start? started We started by reaching out to a couple of people that we personally knew. Okay. and put up a few posts on Instagram and all of it um when we launched we were 10 artists and 70 paintings mm. out of which 20 were mine to be honest okay um then i removed a lot of them offline um but i did that so that there was enough content content but not only that it, i could check if the website's working properly sure i needed a certain amount of paintings up there
0: that makes sense
1: and then from from the time we started talking and went live we drowned we used to get 100 150 emails a day
0: Oh, wow. Uh, of artists wanting to join.
1: wanting to, They're either questioning, asking questions, they're uploading their work, they're sending us forms, they're sending us better pictures. So sometimes they've taken really bad pictures and the forms are on hold. So every morning we would sit down and we would have 100, 150 emails. We would clean it, go to bed at midnight, wake up at seven, and we have more emails. Mm-hmm. And it just kept flowing. And that's when we literally for a month, we stayed quiet because we just had to absorb mm. the amount of content that came in
0: that's so interesting
1: and um then came ramadan and eid yeah so that helped us fix because now we have so much content any website bugs that came up could get fixed mm. ramadan and eid you know it's a very quiet period so we used that period to our advantage that's really good and then we were fine like now you know we're into phase two of the website where um i'm restructuring certain parts because now we have seven eight hundred pieces up
0: wow what's the price range
1: so you can buy a handmade mug, if you want to put it that way, um, hand-painted mug from 50 dirhams to a painting that's for about 100 dirhams, all the way up to 20,000 dirhams. Okay.
0: So, so the whole range. The whole range. For everyone.
1: For everyone. For everyone whatever you're looking for. Does everything
0: um, get a COA? A certificate of Authenticity? Does everything? Yes. Okay.
1: Unless the unless the buyer requests not to, or the artist usually has it. By default, or
0: someone has asked for it?
1: No, it's by. It'll say on the painting itself. If you go to the website, it'll say comes with a certificate of authenticity. Okay. Yes or no? Um, if it does, we give it to you okay. as artisar or the artist.
0: Do you collect emails are you collecting customer first party data?
1: Yes. How and do we usually when people register on the website or when they send us emails? What do you do with those emails? We use them just for ourselves.
0: Do you send newsletters? We do. What 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 um, email tool are you using? Gmail. Oh, okay, fine. It's Why, not it's that not, big yet. Does it matter? Why don't you move to Mailchimp? It's free.
1: It's not free.
0: It, there's a free version. Oh,
1: there's a free version, but there's one through my platform as well, which I haven't abused yet. Okay. That's also free. Okay. Um, I haven't abused it. Right now, it's just going through my Gmail or my. Because uh, if you
0: use like a Mailchimp, I think you'll be able to automate a lot more stuff. I think you should. First-party data is so important.
1: It is. Um, I think I have to. Think into that. I mean, it is. You're right. I at some point, probably two three months down the line, when we have yeah. a lot more. Um, our database is right now about 500 people, 500 mm. potential buyers and potential inquiries yeah. for workshops and all. Um Five six hundred people. Just I'm not even talking artists. Our artists that have registered are over a hundred. That have not registered, we have another 200. Okay.
0: Are you going to look at putting any ads on the website? Make some ad revenue.
1: I. Don't want ads, I'll tell you what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a partnership with a brand.
0: Like a sponsorship.
1: Like a sponsorship. Okay. Um, because I wanna keep the website as uncluttered as possible. Fair. Um I think it's a bit when you come to our website, it's so nice, clean, um, seamless where you where you were experiencing something. We're gonna be introducing a lot more video content for you okay. to experience some of the pieces because we realize photographs don't do just like what, like a like small little videos clips, very little clips, so for example, I'll give you an example. um this is a hand painted mug, mm-hmm. right? I take a picture, fine mm. but the the work that's gone into it, where I can zoom in, show you three sixty degrees you should how it do. looks
0: set up a camera for one of the artist and do like a time warp where you just speed up the time, you can see the entire painting.
1: we've tried that, um but again it's. 100 artists learning how to do it, mm. right? Um, so, what we've decided is again, this is an investment from our part, is where artists are going to be able to come over to our offices. Mm. We're getting a videographer and we're filming their work. Okay. We're doing that. That's so cool. A lot of this stuff, you know, for it has been an investment from our part simply because we felt that it's needed for you as a buyer to see it. Mm. And it's also needed as an artist to be able to showcase their work. Yes. Right? And that part is missing, I think, in galleries okay. and in all, all right. that. So we've, we've done that part because coming from a media, social, content background, if I can't showcase a piece properly to you, I know it's not going to sell. For sure. It's not going to sell. Um, and I think that's where we've gone with that, where we want to really get the artists to come over, um, be part of it. I'll, what's happened, Hosama, and I'm not boasting here, is these artists have started finding artazar as their home. And mm. as their family, so when we did, you know, when we work together, you won't believe the amount of hands that come out to just help us because we're only two people.
0: That's it. That's it. You we're have no people. freelancer. Nothing. I else have with three
1: you? to four freelancers on Fair. and off, but we're two people. Yeah, full day, time. Full time. So when we're doing exhibitions or we're trying to do, uh, you know, packing of stuff and all of it, you will not believe how many people just put up their hands and say, "Hey guys, do you need any help? We'd yeah. love to come help you." We don't even like we feel very blessed at that point because they recognize that this website is not about me and Tina. It's mm. about them. Mm. They recognize that without them, this website, it's, we're yeah. we're in it. Very honestly, we're here. We're here to sell art. Yeah. We're here to sell art.
0: How do you market? Let's shift it now to some marketing and digital. How do you market the website to a customer? Is it all organic right now?
1: Right now, um, it's a it's a lot of it is organic, okay. but we've started investing in social. 100. Um, the next step is to invest invest into digital. Um, I have been doing GDN Google Display Networks. I would and all say, of it, but I want I to say, still go niche. I want I to go say, much niche.
0: Don't do Google. Um, do you know why? Yeah. If you take CPM rates. CPM rates on GDN are so much higher than social. I would I would go 90. no social
1: social for me is the big one. You're
0: doing Facebook, Instagram?
1: Yeah. And fa- believe it or not, which I find everybody finds funny. Seventy percent of the traffic of my website is from Facebook. Interesting. It, it's very interesting.
0: Facebook, um, newsfeed or audience network?
1: Facebook uh newsfeed, audience network, and return.
0: I wonder network. which do you know which one's the highest?
1: No, it just comes to me as Facebook. Wow. It you just comes to me as segregate Facebook. Segregate
0: your campaigns.
1: Yeah, no, it's not about segregating it. It's about how when they enter the website, it picks it up as just Facebook. That's
0: what I'm saying. So when you set on Business Manager, set up line, three different line items? We have. And then UTM tag differently.
1: We have. So but it should tell you. It tells me on, um, analytics? on on analytics of Facebook. But when you enter my website, the dashboard of my website just picks everything up as one Facebook. It's weird. I know. Why? I don't know. I've asked them the same question. It should be, UG,
0: it should be the UTM tag should no, automatically it do doesn't.
1: That. No, it doesn't. And if you call it was, like
0: Facebook audience network, Facebook news feed, the UTM tag, when you go into analytics, it should be separate. No, it's it, weird.
1: It's weird. And that there's, there's been... Here's another barrier. When we are in UAE, a lot of the advanced tools that are available in the US yeah, are not, not a, open to I us. Know. Right? So here we have... Instagram shopping. Yes. I still can't seem to get it working. Weird. Really? Because it's not up and running properly yet. Okay. Right? So each time we do something, and I have people who are helping me out with it. These are people at agencies. Literally yeah. saying, hey, babe, come over. We'll help you set it up. Something or the other is new thrown into our face. And we're mm. like, guys, come on. It can't be that hard. I mean, it's it's done. It's, Instagram shopping and Facebook shopping has been integrated. Into platforms, and you can track them globally, yeah. except here.
0: We don't even have fa- uh, Instagram music and stories active here. Yes. And that's been around. And that's been around for
1: more of, or over, I think, right? Globally. So, yeah,
0: it's taking some time. So, yeah. that's what I would do. I would not do GDN. I cut it out just because CPM CPMs too high, targeting is so limited. I would go 90% Facebook, Instagram, 10% search. Right now, it is. That's it. Just yeah, if someone it's about searches. 70,
1: 30, it's about 70, 30.
0: I would go 90 times. Yeah, probably. That's I was what I thinking
1: would do. of relooking it anyways yeah. because I was giving it. There was a lot we did. We did a lot of trial and error mm. um, during the summer, which worked for us. Yeah. Because then I could really balance the budgets out. I mm. mean, um, I was hoping Instagram shopping would kick in as well. That would be beautiful for us.
0: Sna- be does Snapshot shopping active?
1: No, I don't even use Snap. Yeah, no, I'm but honest. okay. I don't even use Snap. Okay. I don't. I don't think art is something that's gonna really play. You know, the other thing that plays out for me—you'd be surprised. LinkedIn.
0: LinkedIn is awesome. I'm not LinkedIn. surprised at all. Oh
1: my god. Okay, I could.
0: Uh, Honestly, I would. I've been. I've been. LinkedIn is probably the best at organic growth right now because the algorithm on LinkedIn is the best. That's why the I, algorithm on LinkedIn. How many followers do you have on LinkedIn? How 1, many connections? 1, something? Cool. You know, every time you post, your thousand five hundred see it. And if anyone comments or likes their connections see it. So you have six degrees of separation and you end up your thousand five hundred ends up being ten thousand.
1: But you know what's been amazing with LinkedIn? And yeah. I didn't realize this. I started putting up a lot of the PR stuff. The way when, when we were marketing, yeah. I reached out to a lot of my uh, reached out and from there our PR story started spinning out. When I started placing the PR stories, I started finding artists who are in the corporate world. Yeah, because they were marketing and di- marketing directors, and you know, people who worked jobs, but didn't were not necessarily following us on Instagram or Facebook. Mm. But all of a sudden, I found artists, and I found commissioned work mm. coming out of there, which is brilliant. It's really true. It was very interesting. LinkedIn is very, very interesting. Um, I think
0: you should post daily on LinkedIn. How 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 frequent are you posting? Twice a week. Oh
1: no. Daily, huh? Tw-
0: five times <laughs> you know, a day.
1: I, I'm like sitting and going every day. If you look at my phone, it tells you four to five hours that I spend answering messages sure. and all. I'm like, oh my god! And I was such an unsocial person. It's fine. It is unreal.
0: Post at least once a day. At least. At least. Uh. So I try to post on LinkedIn once a day. I leave. see a lot
1: of yours anyways. I go in daily because obviously I'm yeah. now getting a lot of messages but I go in daily for... for.
0: Yeah, it's, I, I try to... So I have an alert that goes off at 10 a.m. every day to post on LinkedIn. I just become a routine.
1: Oh, nice. I do I do all of it in the morning as well because I yeah. just can't manage yeah, but later. you
0: need to up those numbers. LinkedIn will be amazing for you.
1: It will. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm very surprised.
0: eventually LinkedIn is going to change the algorithm and when that happens it's going to suck for all of us so let's capitalize on it let's right now. Let's capitalize on it. Yeah.
1: Not, I just hope Instagram gets better. Honestly. No,
0: it's not. The algorithm's not getting better. We have to move on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, are you going to do any influencer stuff? Or collabs?
1: So here's my thing with influencers. Coming from an... In-
0: For, forget the influencers we're used to in media world because those are nightmares.
1: No. Yeah. So that was one. <laughs> what I have done is found... Like partners. an artist...
0: Who has like 20, 30K followers that you could kind of collab with? Those
1: with. I've been doing a lot more lifestyle collaborations, to be honest. Okay. Um, and these are people who have really partnered with us and they've believed in us. Mm. Um, so I've been, doing a, I've been doing a lot more of those collaborations. Okay. And I'm open to those. But what I don't want to do is an influencer campaign the way a brand does it. No, because no, no, no. I those, am not a big believer. Those are nightmare. Sorry, guys. a nightmare. Sorry, That's a nightmare. I did that for a living, but I just don't know. No no the way, honest, the way brands do
0: it is 100% wrong. Yeah. Do it the way that's logical to you.
1: Exactly. It's logical to my business.
0: 100% lifestyle is 100% if you get one of those uh, I don't like saying that but like one of those housewives has like 60k followers and is what or 100k followers whatever. Those, there's even, a lot of them. I'm
1: even I'm not even looking at those. Sometimes, you know, I have I have women who might have 2000 followers. But their posts are getting two, three hundred likes from their friends because mm-hmm. they're they're into their little circle. Yeah, I'm looking at those kind of women yeah. as well because they have something to say that other that their two, three hundred, you know, active, mm. loyal people want to hear. That's what I want. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm looking at the niche of the niche mm. because I believe something is something is, um, how do I put it? something as personal as art needs to be a little more niche. But do you want to grow the
0: category? Be to grow a category. You know. have to go a bit more general?
1: I know, but <laughs> I'm still, I'm still debating that in my. I think you should but go more thinking.
0: general lifestyles, like a, like a mom or a dad mm. that are just really into just general lifestyle. I do
1: have one or two of those higher ones. Yeah, go into that. Um, they do help out a lot, a lot, a lot. You know, but again, I've noticed so much when when one of those people posts when they have two thousand followers or something. Engagement
0: like is a lot higher. not
1: engagement. It's the feedback and the number of phone calls or the, the ROI. The ROI that mm. I get, even if even if they don't convert, the fact that they pick up the phone, WhatsApp me, or send me a message on Instagram asking about something, mm. I see a lot I see it much higher.
2: Mm. I see I
1: see that trend higher. So if I get if, if say for example, you're a friend of mine and you're into cars and I have this beautiful Formula One painting, and I'm like, "Dude, I have this gorgeous Formula One painting. Do you mind just you know giving me a push? I bet you two, three, four, five people from yours mm. will land up onto my page talking to me about that painting probably and Makes that sense. that to me is five people I never had, five people who I've, who I would have never communicated with, and I've started to build that up. Mm. Those loyal Because now they're starting to pay attention, right? Because they're in the market. They want to see something related to cars. And I need to go... I found, a, I found somebody from Geneva that way who wants one of our paintings. Literally from a friend of a friend.
0: How do you deal with international shipping?
1: We are very, We tell them that if it's a bigger canvas, we prefer so rolling it. it. Yes, and we yeah. cost it and we tell them how much the shipping well, is. That's, I mean, do you have any
0: artists that do anything comic related?
1: Not yet. I actually spoke to Arafat about it. I know you know Arafat. From from Comic-Con, Arfad Ali Khan.
0: I think so, yeah.
1: Yeah, so... um, uh, You me. should
0: go to Comic-Con. There's like an area of artists and some of them are great. Great, I know, Have I you know. you going to Comic-Con this year? I haven't been this year, no. Yeah, go next year, for sure. I think the, there's like an artist, ga- I don't know what they call it, like an artist alley and the people, the local artists, are some of them are awesome.
1: There's so much talent in this country. There is. There and is it's very so untapped. much talent in this country. And it's very untapped. Very untapped.
0: Has anyone from the art gallery where the traditional world reached out? or yes. or, or even said, you guys suck or something like that? Or no, 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 no. It's
1: been... I think they realize we're not at the same model as theirs, right? So we are very community-led. We are very... Mm. Um, we're going to empower. We're going to do affordable art.
0: But what if one day you, you reach... We become a threat to them. I wonder how they'll take it.
1: I wonder. I wonder. Um, you know, from where I come from, And I say this openly, there's space for everybody to collaborate. But
0: not everyone looks at it that way.
1: I know. And I wish they did. Because you might have a physical space. I might have access to all these artists Mm. who are very happy to be with us, who want to put up stuff. You're looking at new people, new things. You know, we could collaborate so easily. So easily. Because we don't have a physical space, right? So we're always on the lookout for physical space um, to help display work. And if we could collaborate, our models work together, mm. not against each other. Yeah, I know,
0: but not everyone looks at it that way.
1: I know. And it's, um, my partner is big on partnerships. Mm. She says that all the time, that the most amazing works that we've done, and even if you look at it from an agency world, right, when you have a creative agency, the PR agency, the client, the media, everyone come together. It doesn't matter who produces the content. Might be the media, mm. might be the creative. But when you come together, magic is created.
0: True. But the, the frequency of that is very low. It's
1: very low. That's and I know. And I think I think if we could get one or two partners to believe in that magic. Yeah, for sure. Then we're all in it together to help bring out all these artists. Um, I'm
0: sure. All right, cool. Uh, let's wrap it up. Where can people reach out to you? Where can people find Artizar? Let's get some hype going.
1: Okay, so Artizar is... Uh, we have an online website.
0: A-R-T-E-Z-A-A-R. No, Oh, sorry.
1: Z-A-A-R.
0: Yeah, so, Z-A-A-R. Double A. The list I said. Oh, did you? Yeah, that's sorry. That's I said. <laughs> rcom yes. yes. All right, cool. Um, and there's an Instagram page?
1: Everything. Everything is Artizar. Um So Artizar on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Pretty much. Okay, cool. Someone know. wants to
0: get in touch with you.
1: Very easily. My email is lena, L-E-E-N-A, mm. at artazar.com.
0: There you guys go. And uh, even LinkedIn.
1: on the website, you'll see a little WhatsApp icon. Click on it. You'll be chatting with me.
0: Awesome. And so, on LinkedIn, it's Lena Kevlani, but yes, so with a W.
1: Lena Kevlani, spelled with a W. So awesome. L-E-E-N-A-K-E-W-L-A-N-I.
0: Awesome. Um, you should do more podcasts.
1: I should, I love it. I you think, should do I think,
0: what, have you thought about making your guys' our own art the Artizar podcast?
1: No, I haven't yet. I think I'm too much right now. I think you should. I'd love to do some live Audio videos. Audio content is awesome. I think I'd love to do some live videos where we show how we create paintings live. I That'd think be cool. that that would be something if I can set that. That'd be up, cool. I'd do it.
0: Please do. And I really like what you're working on. It's really awesome stuff. Thank you. So appreciate guys it. check uh, check out Lena, check out Artizar. I'll put all the links in the description so make sure you guys hit those. Um, if you guys are into art, reach out. I saw the website; it's super user friendly. It has all the art there. Once you get someone into the comic world, hit me up because I would love to get a a commission art piece for that for the studio. Oh yeah, but it has to be like Marvel super nerdy. Oh yeah, all done. Right, cool. So guys, uh, make sure you guys check her out. Check out Artizar uh, for the podcast. We're everywhere. Make sure to subscribe. Drop those feedbacks. Give me a rating on Apple Podcasts. Only five ratings so far. Not bad. Let's get some more. Even if it's bad, let me know what you don't like. Maybe you don't like my voice. Got to deal with it. Can't change much about that. So keep doing that. And if you guys want to find me on LinkedIn, it's Hasan Alhaj. On Instagram, Twitter's Digital Hoose. I'll post everything there. Which Now we started doing audiograms, which are pretty cool. I don't know if you saw them. They're really cool. There's like a it's like the art it's like the podcast art with like the the wave the waveform oh okay i had to learn it all from scratch I'm nice to, isn't I, that amazing i taught myself after effects uh yesterday the oh, day before nice interesting getting there getting there we're learning as we go
1: yeah i'm learning coding you're learning that <laughs> uh,
0: so learning so much you guys make sure you check it all out uh keep liking subscribing that's pretty much it thanks for listening and this is let's take this online and we're out